Hey everybody, my name is Pej. We come on every single Tuesday, right around noontime. I always have special guests in the recovery world. We talk about anything and everything that's recovery related or lack thereof. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Four and three and two and one. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. We are back today. We had some technical difficulties about five to ten minutes ago. I have my dear friend Janelle Allen with us today. She's very special. Um, welcome to the corner, Janelle. Thank you so much for, for having me here. Look how I, good it's working now. I feel like it's deja vu. I feel like I've already been here. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to welcome you here today. I wanted to say, so Janelle, she is an award-winning actress, singer, dancer, director, writer, theater arts professor, and speaker, and probably many other things. But most importantly, Janelle's in recovery, and that matters a lot to me. That's yes. a big deal to me. Yes. It matters a lot to me, too. And as I said, you know, on March 27th, mm -hmm. I celebrated 30 Three years of 33 years, three years of continuous sobriety. Yes, which comes out to because the thing with me is I always love to count the days and I have my thing here. And that's right. As of today, that's 12,064 days. That's I, such a big deal. That's I, such a big deal. Well, it's always I, I personally think that that being on this on this journey is a big deal it may not seem like it is in the beginning right. but then you know more is revealed and but but for me the counting of days is so important i mean in the first to me 33 years have mm -hmm. seems to have whizzed by 30 days seem to be the longest the most grueling the most it, it it seemed interminable so if i ever heard people because i'm i'm in a 12-step recovery if ever i heard people talking and saying that they had a year mm -hmm. i thought they're crazy and mm -hmm. somebody who may have had the amount of time i have now i would i'd say they were lying and i really didn't want to listen to them mm -hmm. and so somebody who said okay, I've got 30 days. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's possible. But when I got 30 days, it mm. was like, I've got 30 days. I want to celebrate. I want to have a drink. I mean, it was like, boom, boom. I didn't <laughs> do it. I didn't do it. But right. it was like, that was the beginning of realizing Oh, this thing, this thing can mess with your head. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it because I didn't know how obsessed I was with drinking until I stopped. Okay. I had, no, you know, I had no idea mm -hmm. that things that I did, that, that the way my day was arranged mm -hmm. was for that liquid reward, you know, uh, right. But, but, but so that was the, the beginning of that kind of, of uh, journey. And because prior to getting sober, it was like, I had a lot of stuff. I mean, I was starring on Broadway. I was on television. I was right. doing 
filmed. It all looked good, you know. So when I came in in into the particular uh, group that that I came into, and I would hear people talk about where their uh, where their disease took them, but mm -hmm. they broad brush it and say that that was what the disease was and mm -hmm. I'm like well I never did any of that I never did any of that stuff I never I'd never had uh, you know uh, I'd never been incarcerated I'd never you know I never had those kinds of things and I was and uh, and I'm grateful and I had stuff you know and you know <laughs> I had stuff and you could pick up a paper or do whatever and read things mm -hmm. about me. Now, you know, you can Google me and all that stuff. Right. But, however, I'm grateful that there were people who who were crotchety. <laughs> I called them the crotchety people. Said mm -hmm. things to me like, uh, don't compare, identify. So, so, so I want to ask you this. All right, so you say you, you're... You are. Were you born in New York? Yes, born and raised, native where, New Yorker. Where? Native New Yorker from Harlem. From Harlem. Okay, and then childhood actress. Yes, I was a, a, a child a child actress, and mm -hmm. then uh, and did you know stage stage and television then, but then when I reached the age of sixteen, a mm -hmm. uh, agent or or an agent per, uh, said called and said how old are you now i said 16. he said well joseph papp who would do shakespeare in the park is opening up a new theater downtown mm -hmm. called the public theater and there and the premiere show that's going to be done at the public theater is a show called and it's going to be a rock musical and it's called hair and it's oh, going I remember to, her. Mm -hmm. and it's going to premiere there so, and they want like young kind of energetic types. So I went and I auditioned and I was in the original production of Hair, which opened off Broadway at the public theater. And the show was different then because it didn't have nudity in the show. It was a more, the songs were the same, but, but, but the, the, and the Vietnam aspect of it wasn't that heavy duty into it at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, and so I was in the very first production of, of hair and mm -hmm. that's what started, started my career as an adult. Major career. Yeah. So, and then, an so, so I was looking at the list of all of the, um, the different things that you've been in, you've been in a lot, like a, a vast yes, and you know what? I'm so grateful. I'm do. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm still. I'm still doing it. I just had a wonderful movie. A uh, uh, movie that was on the All Black Channel called Love on a Two Way Street. I just finished doing an episode of Nine One One for Fox, which will be airing. Uh, airing in uh, the end of this month, and then I just booked a television series, but I can't talk about it. Okay, I understand. Okay. I understand. But the thing is. The thing mm -hmm. is, first and foremost, before all of that stuff, is what variety comes first. Okay, so that's what I want to ask about. So, so I know how big of a deal sobriety is for you. Oh I, yeah. I told, 
you know, I've I've known you pretty much my whole sobriety because I remember when I first met you, I was a newcomer. I was at a place in Orange County. It was pl a place where people congregate and they meet up and in comes Janelle walking in and talking the talk, walking the walk, very proud of your sobriety at the time. I think you were probably in your early 20s and now you're 33 years sober. Um, and so, yeah. but I want to know, like growing up in Harlem, uh, was it just drugs? Was it alcohol? Was it what, what were you doing and how old were you when you first did it? Okay. For me, it's always it's always been uh alcohol. It it, mm. it always was. And I and my family was a um you know, they loved to have parties and they would do all of those kinds of things and and I get a, you know, uh they were they were a party family. And so I would love to in the morning get up and there was still like little glasses of whatever around and I might sip one. But my first, my first say drunk was mm -hmm. I was 15 years old and I was hanging out with some friends. Uh, I was born and raised in Harlem on Sugar Hill where life is so sweet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we were in the park and they had, Thunderbird. Old school Thunderbird. <laughs> to me, it tastes like lemonade. And so I was just like, oh, oh, this is like, oh, okay, oh, oh whatever. And I had my, uh, and I was, I, I got drunk. And so, and it was in the afternoon and my friends like brought me home and, and it, true alcoholic fashion which i didn't know at the time mm -hmm. grandmother opened the door and looked and said what's wrong with you and i said i have the flu grandma so you know <laughs> immediately that alcohol i have the flu you mm -hmm. know and so for me it was always it was always um always alcohol although at a certain point uh but that was more when I got to Los Angeles, I was introduced to, you know, cocaine. And uh -huh. that's the other thing, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist, uh, all that whole thing, blah, blah, blah. When, um, and you know, I've been, and I'm, in fact, I'm a GSR again, I became mm -hmm. a GSR again. And mm -hmm. so I was a GSR, you know, having a, a traditions chair, putting on mm. the traditions day and all of that mm. kind of stuff. Uh, and I go back, I call it the mothership, which is GSO office in New York when I go back to New York. Anyways, right. preface this by saying a lot of times I'll hear people talk about outside issues and mm. outside issues as this traditionalist, there may be somebody else who'll say something else because usually right. people are saying something else, but this uh -huh. is talking and this is my time so yeah, hey, that's right side issue has to do with and we have it in our preamble uh, mm -hmm. about religion organized religion and politics politics that's right if in fact you are telling your story and your mm -hmm. story has uh, you know drugs in it mm -hmm. and you're telling your story tell right. your story i right. get annoyed when somebody's telling their story and then they said and i had an outside issue and i said what the hell what you you became a buddhist what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you, know? um, you were on a, you were working on somebody's campaign trail is that what you're talking about no I, I hear what you're saying exactly. and I, believe me I, i've researched you know 
and, when, and it comes, when it comes, go ahead. And, and that's, and that's my deal. Uh -huh. So, but when I'm telling my story, cocaine came in, but the thing that cocaine did for me mm -hmm. was it helped me to drink more. I could like ingest more alcohol. You go all night long. When I, you know, when I could, you know, take some cocaine up my nose. Right. But the thing is, is that in New York, because everyone in theater and everyone, you know, going, you know, going out to drink, to have cocktails, it was all, you know, fabulous. We, right. I That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, obviously working in entertainment, like, was everybody just doing it? Was everyone drinking and-, well, and there were a lot of, yeah, a lot of people were drinking and all of that kind of stuff, but- but but I never really was like uh, being judged. You know, I wasn't judging it. I was too busy doing it. Yeah, you were partaking. <laughs> and so starring on Broadway, you know, being nominated for a Tony Award and winning every major award on Broadway that, that season, mm -hmm. I like, you know, I was being wined and dined and, you know, the, the, you know, the flavor of the moment. And so... Yeah. Of course, there was all of that stuff, mm -hmm. but it was all around alcohol. Alcohol was, um, you know, and all of the creative and wonderful biographies that I read about creative and smart, witty people, mm -hmm. they were drunks at the end of the day. So right. to me, it was like, okay, but I didn't think of myself as a drunk. Right. When I got to California, that mm -hmm. was a whole other different a whole other other different reality for me and then the cocaine got into it and what what happened was i was doing a television series and a producer on the show the series was having a birthday mm -hmm. and i and i didn't you know so what did i do i sent her this beautiful basket of like wine right and so <laughs> and so she said to me you know she called me to her office and she said you know thank you but this it's not that kind of birthday and i didn't know what it meant and, and I, it was a sobriety birthday and I, yeah but i didn't know you didn't know i didn't know and so she said but i i can pass this wine on to some other people and then i was living right. in Atlanta, and i would go and work out at this exercise place zahava's and i'd show mm -hmm. up ahead with a hangover or whatever and there mm -hmm. was a woman there several women there who at the time, I didn't know what they were in the program, but I would talk to them. Right. Muriel Zink, Muriel Zink, and all, and and I would always gravitate to her. This was in Los Angeles or Orange oh, County. Orange County. I moved. I, I I came to to um to LA, but but then I married the the first of the English husbands, mm -hmm. and he became food and beverage manager of the Hotel mm -hmm. Laguna. And that's how I got to Laguna. Okay. So, that's got to Laguna. so let me ask you, okay. So in looking at this list of, of all the stuff you've worked on, the things that are familiar to my eyes, cause I'm 49 years old. So the stuff that I, I, and I told you this earlier, I grew up on Barney Miller. I grew <laughs> up on police story. I grew up on police woman. I yeah. love what's happening. I love what's happening. The love boat was that we never missed the love boat every week. All in the family, classic television show. I love that show. And then yeah. the trap, I see the Trapper, John M.D., Cagney, and Lacey Hill Street Blues. These are monumental shows. These were great shows. So I want to ask you, like, out of all these shows that you were, were on, what's that? 
Don't I look good for my age? Yeah, I, I was going to tell you, you're a very beautiful woman. Like seriously, <laughs> and I think variety too. <laughs> when you say that, that one of the first Englishmen, I mean, have you dated? Have, were you married to a, a few Englishmen? <laughs> well, my my first husband, uh, John. Yeah, he's from England, and and we moved here, and then we we got divorced in. Mm -hmm. I guess 91 and I right. thought oh I'd move back to LA or whatever or go back to yeah. New York and I realized and I was sober then and uh -huh. I realized that my support group everything was in Laguna uh -huh. so then I uh so I, I stayed in Laguna and would just you know uh commute back and forth well, I, I want to ask you this like where where did you get sober what were you in LA or Orange County Laguna I got Laguna. sober in Laguna Beach and, and that I, was what year? 1988. And I. And why Laguna? Because you had moved down to Laguna with the yeah, husband? I was living in Laguna. Mm -hmm. I was living in Laguna. And the thing is, is that, as I said before, I would see these women while I was working out as a Habas. And one was Muriel Zink and, and uh, Bonnie. Uh, and Bonnie. And just a, a whole bunch of ladies. And, uh, and I would gravitate to them. I I was gravitating to them more was was revealed to me later on mm -hmm. but I would come in on you know Saturday morning with a hangover or whatever and da 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 and I'd walk over to Muriel and she'd be like oh how are you dear I said oh gosh I just I don't even remember what happened but I'm here and she said oh you had a blackout dear and I was like I didn't know what that was. I didn't like the sound of it. And then she said, I'm saving a seat for you. And I was like, I don't know what she means. I don't like the sound of it. I'm going to work out on the other side of the room. Mm. And so what happened was uh, the AIDS quilt was coming to um, LA. Mm -hmm. And I was invited to perform at... Um, at uh, at the eight, no, this was before the AIDS quilt. Yeah, no, no, it was the AIDS quilt. I was asked to perform at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Mm -hmm. And this was, a, it was an AIDS benefit at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And I was asked to perform. Mm -hmm. And I felt, now here are people who are, we're here because of, you know, to, to support people with AIDS. There were people with AIDS that were there. Mm -hmm. It was, it was not a, um, there were people there with, with, with problems. It was, it was horrible, mm -hmm. but I felt that they weren't treating me correctly. And that was that Saturday night. And I come back to Laguna from the dark, doing this thing at the Dorothy Chandler pavilion. Mm -hmm. And that Sunday I decide I'm going to drink at them. I'm going to drink at them because they really didn't treat me well. Right. And so, and in the meantime, my, uh, my cat, uh, my dad, you know, and I still have dogs and cats, my cat, I couldn't find my cat. Right. And so I have on this tatty, tatty bathrobe mm -hmm. and I'm wandering around bluebird Cannon drunk at two o'clock in the afternoon. Thank God I couldn't find my car keys because I was going to get in my car to look for my cat. Mm -hmm. And I'm wandering around the streets of uh, Bluebird looking for my cat in this ratty tatty bathrobe at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
And so somehow I got up back in the house and passed out and I wake up and the cat and my dog are looking down at me in disgust. And mm -hmm. when your animals look at you in disgust, you know you're bad. <laughs> and meanwhile, the husband at that time, mm -hmm. he, um, I don't know where he was. I found out later. But anyway, then again, I, I went, passed out, woke up, the phone was ringing and it was that producer mm -hmm. who, uh, who I had said, uh, got the thing of wine for. And meanwhile, she was always trying to 12 step me because I didn't know in a blackout or whatever, I called her in the morning with too much cocaine and too much alcohol to tell her to rewrite the script. It was a thing we called the black cord fever. And so I'm talking to her like, you know, this was when a few years before when I'm doing the series and then I had no idea I did that. And so she was always had her eyes on me. Anyway, a few years later, I'm, I'm coming to, this is 1988, the phone rings. I say, hello, mm -hmm. it's her, it's that producer. Right. And she says, you know, I, I was just wondering, how are you doing? And what came out of my mouth was, I am an alcoholic. I need to go. And I said where I needed to go, which was a 12-step place. And so, you, so, so you didn't go to treatment ever? No, no, no. I, I, so you just, you just happen to be somewhere in Laguna and see this lady, Muriel Zink, and uh, she noticed you. And so she kind of opened the doors for you to a 12-step community? Well, well the, the, and not so much. She didn't say to me, she said, I'm saving a seat for you. Right. She didn't go into what that seat was. Right, right. This other woman. She, the, she made you wonder, though. The, <laughs> well, it, it made me want to get away from her. But the, but <laughs> the, producer, the producer from L.A. who called me on the phone. Uh-huh. She's the one who I said those words to. Right. And she said, well, this is what you have to do. Uh, because at one point before I actually showed up, I had called, mm -hmm. you know, a, a central office place. Wow. And talked to somebody on the phone, maybe about a year before, and talked to someone on the phone. And she... Uh, said, meet me at such and such. And I didn't. I didn't because <laughs> I felt okay the next day. Right. Time. This was different. And so I found out that there was a place in the in, in Laguna where <laughs> I lived in a canyon. Mm -hmm. And it was a small little dinky place because it was mm -hmm. 1980. And I found... Um, and I walked in there. I walked in there. And um, and I thought, it's come to this. This is, you, are you kidding me? Why? What, what was it about that place that made you think that? How was it? Were, were people smoking cigarettes? And oh, was, there, was uh, there a lot of people there? That was, that was the kind of beauty of it. Because oh. it reminded me. Was it like a bar with no alcohol? At <laughs> yeah, a bar in the East Village in New York, it was mm -hmm. dirty. It was dank. It was dark. Right. 
and I loved it. And you know, I loved that place really. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about the old Canyon Club, right? Yes. 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 That's that's where that's where it happened for me. Right. I I came in there and uh, and it was a and this was a Monday on the and a Monday when I talked to the woman on the phone. I knew someone who would go to the old Canyon Club mm-hmm. and I called this person, but, and he would, he could never stay sober. Right. And so his deal was, oh yeah, it's, he only knew that there was a place, a place to go on a Wednesday. Right. And so from the Monday, he said, I'll go with you on the Wednesday. So that Monday I had nothing to drink. The Tuesday, I had nothing to drink. The Wednesday, I go to pick this person up to take me to the Canyon Club. Uh-huh. And they are in their driveway in Laguna drunk. Mm. And they're like, I can't go. I can't go. And so I looked at them and I have to say, which, you know, later on, I later on this was a for you know like foreshadowing of things that happened later on i kicked this person i kicked this person and said and yelled and he was just out of it so i got in my car and i went there by myself and i walked in mm-hmm. and it was this bar the coffee bar, but it would look like a proper bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now an old dirty bar that I liked from the East Village in New York. Mm-hmm. Then you walked into a little dank room and there was a fish tank, which they still have a fish tank, but this was an old fish tank. I mean, just dark place. Right. And uh, there were a couple of people that I actually knew. Right. That I actually knew. And this person got me a book. And this other person told me that there was going to be like a big meeting that they called Gucci or something mm-hmm. at the women's club. Which and is still, which, which was yes. there for many years. That was one of the, from my, my understanding, it's one of the oldest. Yes. So anyway, 73 years old. So anyway, this, um, they said there was going to be a meeting there tonight. Mm. And so, uh, at eight o'clock, so I showed up there and there was Muriel and there was some other women that I knew from that dance club that exercise so i walked up to muriel and i said well you said you were saving a seat for me and she says yes dear and i sat i sat next to her and that was the beginning of the journey Hmm. and uh and i'm not gonna say it's been you know when i came in up there my date of coming in there has remained my date of coming in there. So you stayed sober after all that, huh? Yeah. No, no more putting your foot in the water. No, no. I always love when people say they're testing the waters. Yeah. 
An alcoholic drink, they never test the water. <laughs> they just go hard. They just drink. They drink. <laughs> true, true. You know, tell the truth. Because Yvonne said, well, I have to go out and test the waters again. Bullshit. You didn't test any water. <laughs> even that's a lie. Get real. Get even real with what yeah. you went out and tested. Yeah. You, know? you didn't and test the waters. So, you got sauced. You know you got drunk. Exactly. So, right. no, I, um, I, I did. I did. And then that marriage that I was in, that that ended maybe two years into my sobriety. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then I married somebody else. I was I was 10 years sober and I married this other person who was a practicing alcoholic and head drug addict who was a surfer, this blonde surfer. Meanwhile, I don't swim. And, and there I am with this crazy person. But, but I was, because the thing is, I, um, that was the closest I came to drinking. Not because of the person, but and I tell this story because, and I'm not going to say the people's names because you know, you probably know a couple of these people. I'm sure. But the, the, that relationship with that, you don't know the husband person, but that relationship with that, uh, practicing alcoholic and drug addict, I thought, well, I'm in recovery. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can mm -hmm. handle it. Well, the thing is, even if I didn't pick up, I still have the disease and the disease always wins. Mm -hmm. So what I was in this relationship and we're fighting where, I mean, it is absolutely horrific. It was horrific. I didn't drink. I didn't use, but it was, it was toxic. And the thing is, is I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. Mm -hmm. And so that it, it was a, it was a horrible, horrible mix. And, and what happened was, uh, one night, one night I went in and this was at the new Canyon club, mm -hmm. which like a resort compared to the old. Oh one. yeah. It's like the elite. Oh gosh. Yeah. In fact, I have a little plaque near the door because, you know, a little tile. Cause yes, I've seen all the tiles. Now. Anyway, so they, um, let me go back. It's my story, so I can remember it. That's right. Yeah, it's my story. So anyway, um, ah, on a, it was Thursday night, and they used to have a, a romper room. Yes. And I this romper room thing. Yep. And, and there was a woman there, and you know who she is. She was really trying. She had gone out. She she had a little bit of time, but had gone out and she was struggling. She mm. was struggling. So I gave her my phone number. And so that was a Thursday on the Sunday. I had one more fight, one more horrible time with this, with this man that I was married to. Mm -hmm. And he had alcohol in, in, in my house, 
And we had, I mean, it was ugly. It was an ugly, ugly thing. And he storms out and I'm there. And I see this bottle of wine. And so I take it down. I get a glass. I pour it. It's almost to my lips and the phone rings. So it's that moment. Should I take that drink? Or should I answer the phone? I answered the phone. Good. And it was that woman saying, I want to die. I, I can't stay sober. I, and here I was, you know, a little over 10 years sober, about to chuck it all away. And I'm talking to her. And she stayed sober that day, and so did I. And I always tell her that story because, you know, now she has 20-something years. Mm -hmm. but, um, but that was, you know, and then that was that moment. That was that moment. And, uh, right. you know, Janelle, like a lot of people, there's the people that you talk about, Back then, there's a lot of them that, that um, obviously drifted off, some relapsed, some moved away from that area. I know I got sober at the, the, the newer Canyon Club. Yes. And, um, and no, so the, the, the newer, the, 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 the resort, the resort, that's right. But, but I know that you know, often I would sit in the rooms and, um, and hear people talk about being in the no matter what club. And today your topic is the no matter what club, no matter what, right? And yeah. so... I love and I admire when when I see someone in the recovery process that's been around for a while, when they use those words, when they say that, they don't use it loosely. They use it like they mean it, like their life depends on it. And so, yes. so I mean, it's not just something that you just throw out there to sound cute. No. It, it, this is about uh, through thick and thin, whatever happens, yeah. through yeah. grief, through, yeah. through, through marriage losses, through marriage gains, through whatever, yeah. it doesn't matter. Celebratory, um, through death through yes. a pandemic, a pandemic, even, you know, like where everything's shut down. Yeah. We don't do this no matter what, but I believe that there's a lot that, that goes into becoming that type of person because yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of people that will still drink. Cause you, you, as well as I know, we've seen people with 20 and 30 years of yeah. sobriety so, that I still drink. Someone, uh, someone just told me that someone who's 32 years sober just drank and yeah. For me, and, and, and for me, the thing is, is that, and yeah, I, I use no matter what really strongly right now, because on November 30th, 2020, my husband, my partner, my love, he, he was sober right. uh, for 17 years. He was tragically, um, he's driving the truck, coming back home, mm. it flipped over and he smashed against the wall. And he was killed instantly. Yeah. Uh, I know it was a really hard time for you. I, you know, I, I saw well, you. You know, it, it's a, and so that's when that kind of, you know, that there was something that was said to me in early sobriety, which I did not understand until. 
you know, after, after I've been around for a while, which is unconditional sobriety. Mm. Keep your problems and your programs separate. And as smart as you get about your disease, that's how much smarter your disease gets about you because it's cunning, it's baffling, it's powerful, it's patient. The pilot light is always on. And because I will hear people say, you know, well, I was working a good program and then I wasn't and I drank. And to me, that's bullshit. That's mm -hmm. bullshit. There is no good program. There is no bad program. It's just the program. And the thing is, I believe, and this is just me, that we have that. See, God got me to that particular 12 step program. Mm -hmm. And that 12 step program got me to a God of my understanding. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be anyone else's. And, right. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Where I'm concerned, I believe that God gives me free will. So, and if I believe that God is, God will love me. God loved me when I was drunk. God loves me when I'm sober. I cannot blame God right. for that. What I can do is continue to do the things that I did in the beginning mm -hmm. and most of all to not drink or use because it's not saying that I'm a good person, I'm a bad person, mm -hmm. I'm a human person. Right. At 13 years sober, I punched a woman out in one of those rooms because she irritated me, she upset me, all that kind of stuff. So, and so I had to make an amends to the room, to the room where I, <laughs> I had to make an amends to the facility where the room was. And then I had to make an amends to her, all of which I did not want to do. And that's another thing. Right. I am and, and after. There's a saying that our adventures before and after. I have had a lot of and after adventures. Mm -hmm. However, the thing is for me is that if I waited to do, to do something when I felt like mm -hmm. I was going to do it, I'd I'd still probably still be in New York and Harlem sitting mm -hmm. on the park. Right. My thing, you bring the body and the mind will follow. And right. sometimes the mind, it'll take a year, two, three for the mind to follow. But mm -hmm. because the universe, the universe does not hear the word. When I say the universe, here's the word, but your actions define mm -hmm. who and what you do. You know, the right action motivates the thinking. Right. Right. Especially when it comes to this particular 
program we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And you know what I really love today is, is this is okay. So I always have a deep, immense respect for the ones that came before me, the ones like you who paved the way. You are the elder states woman, right? Uh, and the reason I say this today, we didn't talk at all about what particular program that is. We kept it at 12 steps. And usually I, some of my friends who are also in 12-step programs, we talk about podcasts and how we have to present ourselves. And um, we don't go up there and profess that, like, I'm a member of blank, blank, anonymous, but instead, you know, publicly speaking, when publicly speaking, we don't have to do that. Um, however, uh, I do I do believe that um, there is, we got to let people know that there's hope. And when we demonstrate through our own actions and being, uh, sober people, you know, and and uh, that we become the people who were like the people that helped us when we were out there. I believe God placed certain angels in your path or in my path that were that had lived a certain lifestyle and then had transformed and changed their lifestyles. And somehow we, we came into their path and they they let us know we'll save a seat for you, right? But, or, but the thing that's most important that I've learned mm -hmm. more than anything is that when I was 20 years sober, mm. I had to be in New York. So, and yeah, I mean, I, I connect with people who are, you know, involved in the same. Out there? Uh, yeah, because it's all over the world. And yeah. great. However, on my 20th birthday, I was mm -hmm. in New York. So there was no one who I um, knew. I was no, you know, so, and my family, they don't care. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that really hammered home to me that my sobriety, my recovery is for me. My sobriety. My recovery is not about getting balloons, is not about getting, you know, uh, at a girl's. I mean, because I can remember, because the two things that I always, I believe, always have to remain in check are, are the ego and, you know, are the ego and are the <laughs> ego. And so, and so I, because I would be sitting in rooms. And I'd see someone take a cake and I may not know them that well, but I've talked to them and I'm right. like, are they going to say my name? <laughs> and, I, and it's like those kinds of things where we're beginning to like be so amazing to me. But mm -hmm. when I was in New York and nobody was calling, even from out here, maybe a couple of people you know, they knew I was here. So it wasn't like they were on the computer. Like, well, and I had to, that was the beginning of me knowing my sobriety has to be for me. It's not about someone making it a big party, making mm -hmm. it a big, you know, we'll take a cruise, making mm -hmm. it about, you know, all these people coming around, you know, worshiping and doing all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and, and so and so that was like at 20. At 30, mm -hmm. it became a whole other thing. And I became uh, the coffee person at my meeting and to mm -hmm. set up chairs. And somebody who said to me, you know, that's a kind of commitment you, you give to 
people who are newer in our whatever. And I said, you know what? You give those commitments to people who are newer because you want them to show up. Well, sometimes people who have a lot of time need to be able to show up. That's too. right. And That's so right. I took on that commitment to get there early, make the coffee, set up the chairs mm -hmm. and not be because the last thing, you know, and, and I feel so strongly about this is that our ego can get us. It's like, oh, I sponsor blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, so-and-so and so. Or, oh, so-and-so, I want to be just like you. That's <laughs> all bloody ego. <laughs> and that is not. Not good. Not, not even remotely good. No, no that's not, not what we do. Not remotely good. And right. so... At you know now at at, at thirty three, and that but at thirty that's when I started counting the days again, mm. because if I know how many days, just like when somebody is new, mm. they count the days, they count the days, and never forget your days, because if I forget my days. I'll forget a lot of things. If I see, I got, as I said today, 12,064 days invested in this thing. Am I going to mess that up? Because I, God gives me free will. So mm -hmm. if it's messed up, I am choosing to mess it up. Mm -hmm. Right. And yes, I can do the blame game. You know, and another thing I hate, and I just, not hate, but pisses me off. <laughs> here, people say, oh, it's my alcoholic mind. No, it's your mind. <laughs> it's your mind. Don't be using your alcoholism and my alcoholic mind to um to as a as an excuse for your for your nutso behavior. <laughs> you know, I I can't do that. Right. I got nutso behavior. Right. And and yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not going to blame it on my alcoholic mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it. You know, this has been special today. I've been wanting to hear you. <laughs> I appreciate you being who you are. You are a pillar in our community. Uh, I love I love the No Matter What Club. I have a lot of respect for the No Matter What Club. You've you've been you've done the work. You help a lot of people. Um, I hope I see you soon again in person. Because if I do see you, I'm gonna see if you let me give you a hug. Because before you didn't let people give you hugs. No, and, <laughs> and when people are going on about the pandemic and they're like, oh, people can't. I want to hug people, and I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> 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 no. No. back up. Uh -huh. No, you know, we can do that and whoa, and all That's of right. that kind of stuff are woohoo. <laughs> no hugs. No, no. <laughs> well, I hope I see you soon. I'm down in Laguna every once in a while, and I know you love that city so much, and I love that city so much. It's so, it was but so good. There, you know. Huh? You're, you're in La La, aren't you? Sometimes in LA and sometimes down there. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I'm down here and sometimes I'm up there. So there well, you go. 
I hope to see you soon. I love you very much, Danelle. Thank you for sharing How about. Are you, are you healthy? Are you good? Oh, I'm healthy. I'm real I'm good. Healthy. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm so glad to hear that. Cancer free. Cancer free. <laughs> you yep. keep on keep on doing what you're doing, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you Thank for coming you to the corner. So much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>